Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Tom and Nick coming to you from the D.C. Outpost. Nick's home for the week of Christmas. We're wishing all of you a Merry Christmas and hope you have the same benefit of being surrounded by family. And we, the collective we, all certainly shared in an early Christmas present yesterday, depending on how you look at things, with the Steelers vanquishing the Cincinnati Bungles 34-11. to I think that was an appropriate Freudian slip there when you said Christmas president, given the fact that President Mason Christmas Rudolph came in there and slung the pill to by far the best player on the Steelers, George Pickens, to a historic Randy Moss on Thanksgiving-esque day. That was beautiful. Do you think that the game yesterday sort of proved out some of the theories we've been talking about like, was it Mason? Was it just sort of shaking up and trying to regain the locker room? What happened there? Obviously, getting the ball to Pickens made a huge difference. So, I thought that, la- number one, the game was awesome. That was fun. Didn't anticipate being able to have fun in any way. I told you before the game started what my only goal for the game was. You know, Steelers Nation is in a flux. Oh, we should lose to get a better draft pick. I don't think the Steelers fans understand that. Like, we already got seven wins. I mean, I, I guess we can be nitpicky, and in April we'll, we'll look back and be like, if only we were drafting at 12 instead of 16, we would have got this guy. I don't really think that that applies here. I think the tanking applies when you can get into the top three or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the top three. It's not the top ten. We can get to the top ten from 16. We've shown we can do that. Right, yeah, and you can trade up. And then, hey, do you want to win every game? I do think that there is a sincere... Uh, issue with that that has proven to plague the Steelers and Mike Tomlin over the past few years when they're winning on impressive games and then so many people who cover the NFL, anybody who watches the NFL is so obsessed with wins and wins as a stat or whatever that you don't look at like, why are we celebrating a win against the two-win Cardinals? Oh, wait, we didn't even do that, right? So even that could be an issue winning the game because it can give – you, what is it, confirmation bias or whatever? It was like, oh, yeah, we're getting a little bit closer. So I didn't win, loss, I didn't know. I said I had one goal. I just need the president of Christmas, Mason Rudolph, well, Steelhead himself. Unbelievable that he didn't die that one day. Truly in- incredible. We should give him more credit for that. I just needed him to sacrifice himself to the, the God of receiving, George Pickens. I'm sorry, everybody. I said, all we need is 100 yards and a touchdown from George Pickens. It should be very easy to get. The Steelers, we can take any victory we need, right? I will say, it's very nice to be playing the Bengals who can't cover anybody. 
at all. And I think that they can get 100 yards and a touchdown on George Pickens with your eyes closed because this is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And people are forgetting about it. And he had an absolutely atrocious look last week when he didn't block. Now, I will say that guy up until that point was like the most fun, one of the better blocking receivers in the entire league. And the Steelers fans, we all need a totem of anger. And it's easy to get angry at wide receivers because they're obsessed with themselves and they're annoying and they have horrible looks like Pickens did. But I would argue, not to completely defend his actions last week, I kept saying all week, look, it's one thing if you're Antonio Brown and you throw a fit and demand a trade because Juju has more catches than you when you had 100 catches for 15 touchdowns. That's diva wide receiver behavior. When you're George Pickens and they're targeting Deontay Johnson 10 times more than you, and you are consistently having two catches for 10 yards in games. He just set a record the other week with like most catches for least yards kind of thing. It's not that exact record. But the ineptitude is so bad to what's happening with George Pickens. It's malpractice. He's virtually guaranteed to demand a trade after the season. He is your best player besides TJ Watt. And I feel like people tremendously overthink that. I've seen weird opinions on online of like, oh, he's a great jump ball player. I'm like, I don't know what you're watching. Every time I've seen the guy get the ball in his hands, which is incredibly rare with this Steelers offense, he makes people miss. He stiff arms them. He runs past them. He beats them deep. He does everything. You just need to give him the ball. And the rate in which they weren't getting him the ball, I think was like historically awful. So when he freaks out, it's not the same as A.B. freaking out after 100 catches to me. And so I think he was sort of justified in some of that, even though his retaliation went too far. Like, dude, you can't just not block for a guy. Yeah, that's your teammate. So my question is, was it Mason? Was it the, off- the offensive game plan? Like, why did, did the offensive game plan change because of Mason was in there? No. So I think Derek on Twitter put it the best at Steelers DB. He said, it's amazing what competent QB play can do for an offense. And John Ledyard, another great follow at John Ledyard on Twitter, made another great point saying, hey, you know, when Kenny played the Bengals a few weeks ago in his first game without Matt Canada, he was spectacular. He, well, he was very good. Let's say that. And Deontay Johnson when he was whining about his dropped touchdown. And I know it should have been called a catch by the refs. And then, honestly, if you get that catch, you look, oh, Kenny's over 300 yards, two touchdowns or a touchdown or whatever it was. Like, he played really well in the first game without Matt Canada, which was characterized by what? Throwing the ball downfield and not being utterly predictable and down a distance. They still have a lot of issues with the offense that they won't be able to solve this year in terms of the architecture you know, you can't just start playing like Kyle Shanahan, running all these motions and, and doing that kind of stuff. Like, your players need to really practice that over an offseason, right? So there's a certain amount that the offense can't change. But they did change it, and Kenny, in the very limited action he got, looked great. And then I guess, hey, what did he get knocked out? The first quarter of the game? I don't remember who they were playing against. It was, oh, the Cardinals game. He had a nice long pass to George Pickens on the first drive there, and we said, look at them, they're going – Sort of stalled out for the next two drives, but Kenny also looked good. And so this does seem like there is a chance that this is a post-Matt Canada offense. And I think the answer to your question is, was it Rudolph? Was it play calling? It was Trubisky. Like, we've said for a long time that Trubisky, he's a much worse, he's a worse version of Kenny Pickett. He's Kenny Pickett in terms of sort of panicking in the pocket, but then he throws interceptions constantly, which obviously 
Kenny doesn't do. And so I think when you actually look at Mason Rudolph's game, we could talk about it like fans and admit that was awesome. That was so cool to see the crowd chanting Mason Rudolph after all this guy's been through. Mason Rudolph missed a lot of throws. George Pickens on that great acrobatic sort of that play where he just ignored gravity and then toe tapped. That was another walk-in 80-yard touchdown. He had four touchdowns yesterday. If he hits Calvin Austin on the sideline. Deontay Johnson. Maybe, I don't know about five, but I mean, he definitely had uh, more touchdowns. But to your point, as a fan, it was so gratifying to see him just more than competent, right? Just drop back and throw long passes. The only reason why I mention him missing those throws is not to take away from it, but it's to go back to answering the question, like, what's the difference? And we're saying, hey, you don't need Patrick Mahomes. You just need not the worst quarterbacks in the league, which is what Kenny played like under Matt Canada. I'm not saying that he will or won't improve without him, but I will say in the one-game sample size, and no is against the Bengals, but they've played other bad defense. They played the Cardinals. You know, he looked much better without Matt Canada. And Mason Rudolph... It wasn't that he lit the world on fire. He did play well. He made some great plays. The touchdowns to George Pickens were perfect throws. He missed. I mean, those are walk-in touchdowns. Those are easy throws that he missed. Let's not get get misconstrued here, right? And so you just see what a difference it makes when you can hit some damn routine throws. That slant that they hit to George Pickens in the second play of the game, that is a play that Kenny and Mitch frequently, and it's always the George Pickens, don't even look at him when the snap starts. Or Kenny's have these weird instances where he looks right at him, he's wide-ass open, and then he panics and turns in the other direction. Just hit the plays that are right in front of you, and you'll see how the whole team, everything will change. Your field position battle changes. It's a war of attrition. The, the energy changes. The defense not having to come out on the field every 10 plays changes. And now, like, oh, yeah, we do have the best head rushers in the league. Oh, they can tee off against people now because... The, the opposing offense doesn't get to try whatever they want the whole time. And how noticeable was the morale of the team? You see TJ and Cam dapping everyone up after they came off the field. Everyone's heads high. The Heinz Field crowd, Akersher Field crowd was incredible. It was so noticeable, wasn't it? Absolutely. You could feel it. And that is the reason you need to shake things up. You know, the lose, beating the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, I don't know if that's that helps the playoff chances. but It does. It's, Doubled it. But it's more that, you know, you, you've recovered the locker room, hopefully. I yeah. have a question. This is like a very tactical question. But in the first Cincinnati game, Fryermuth sort of broke out. Yeah. And I'm not even sure he got targeted yesterday. What do you think changed? Well, I think uh, you'd have to watch the All-22, first off. So how much did this, the Steelers mention after that Fryermuth game that they knew that this would be a potential matchup for them? Right, throwing the ball up the middle of the field. And so they kind of went into the game thinking, hey, we might be able to hit this. And so I don't know if they were thinking that yes or no this time. I don't know how much stock they put in. We need to get the ball to Pickens. I mean, obviously him housing the ball. I mean, not oh, that's not a jump ball receiver. To take that slant and score is like top, top receiver. Anyone else there getting 10, 15 yards and you say, hey, nice, good catch, move along. The way he accelerated, I know the, the safety took a bad angle, whatever. There's not a lot of people doing what he did. And so when we go back to the Friar move thing, I don't know what their game plan was. I'm sure they were going to try to get George the ball, but the Steelers are so bad right now, they, don't even, they can't really try and succeed to do anything on a frequent basis, except for now we've seen, hey, well, you don't have Mitch in there, who, I don't know, how can that guy ever start another NFL game, especially after this? But 
like you have the option to try and force the ball to some people. And I just I want to get back to this because to me, you you brought up two of the main one of the two main points of the game. Number one, the team was crumbling. You're not tanking for you're not getting Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever. Like you need to build off of something because this locker room was going to explode. And I know Steelers fans like. Look, there's a very legitimate argument to Mike Tomlin needing to leave. Obviously, he's not going to. They announced an extension for him. That does not mean he's going to be the coach forever. That does not mean that the Steelers have said, shut up, fans. There's no issues. It just means they were never going to let Mike Tomlin go into a final year of his contract. There's just too much conversation there, right? They can get rid of him if they need to. But he'll be back next year. But you see how many good players are on the team. There are so many good players on the Steelers. I refuse to listen to anybody who said the opposite over the year. Like, it, I think you're just getting tunnel vision for what a bad team the Steelers are. But the talent is crazy to have those two receivers, those two running backs. Honestly, probably a top half of the line or half of the league offensive line with how bad offensive lines are around the league. They can draft another guy and get really good. You know, the quarterback and the coordinator are these gaping holes. You got the best two edge rushers. You have a great young corner. You have the best safety. You have Keanu Benton. Like your linebacker room, which is completely decimated, is very solid. The Steelers are very talented. I don't think that it's in the best Steelers' interest to just implode and have George Pickens traded, which is a virtual guarantee. Now, look, he's got to have a couple more good games. I don't know if we're out of the woods with that yet. If you're George Pickens or his agent, how could you? Like you're losing millions of dollars every year with your two catch games that we just we saw. We could also say no. And is he going to sit out for? I mean, can he force a trade? You don't want that. You're you're right. But now we're getting into like, oh, well, now we're there already. And by the way, the last three times that happened with us, they got out. Yeah. <laughs> so and there's no Ben Roethlisberger. There's no like, come on, you're going to get numbers. Um, so I think them winning and them doing what they did was a big deal. And so we're talking about the morale of the team. Now, if I meander. Way back to Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens is the best player on the team, not named TJ Watt. They need to run the offense through him. Look how much better this team looked when they didn't force feed Deontay Johnson. And we on the podcast have been very positive Deontay Johnson over the years, and we still are. But that doesn't mean we think you should put him in the Antonio Brown role, which is seemingly what the Steelers did. When you force feed him the ball, there's just this clunkiness. You saw Allen Robinson have multiple catches. You saw Washington had a catch. Calvin Austin had a catch. Sorry, I thought you were going to cough there. We don't have a cough button today. Is it going to happen? I'm suppressing my cough. Wow. It won't happen. Look at that. That's the, that's the fire if of Hackershire Stadium. If I start Stadium. bleeding from my eyes, you'll know what's going on. That means that you're but just going. in for the Keep team. Keep the show going. But the, the team needs to revolve around their best player, which is George Pickens. And I do not know why they were not doubling him, but if they start doubling him, then you can hit Deontay. But I've just seen it ever since Deontay came back. The game plan is get him the ball. These quarterbacks have like, I want to get it to Deontay. Think, no, this guy, Pickens, is a superstar. He and Jalen Warren are your best offensive players. And then you got guys right behind him. Deontay's right behind him. Najee's still a really good offensive player. You know, Fryermuth is good. Doesn't, doesn't want to block. Fans don't seem to care about that for some reason. Freaking tight end doesn't want to block. But he doesn't get lit up in the media. There's some obvious factors that go into that. But regardless, it changes your team when you have somebody that the other teams are scared of. And I'd even say, like, because Deontay Johnson is, like, kind of a poor man Stephon Diggs. 
He, he's an incredible route runner. Sometimes he's good running with the ball in his hands. He's never doing what George Pickens did on that slant. That that will never happen. But I'm not scared of Stephon Diggs. I'm just respectful, like aware. Oh man, we can't just let Stephon kill us. I'm scared of Tyreek Hill. I'm scared of Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown. These guys who can just score 80-yard touchdowns and have this ad- attitude to them that Pickens has. So you really need to make the team cover him. You remember there was a Steelers wildcard playoff game, the one time we ever got to see all the killer bees play together, and it was first drive, yay, 50-yard touchdown to A.B. Second drive, yay, another 50-yard touchdown to A.B. Third drive, 11 straight run plays with Le'Veon Bell and a touchdown to Le'Veon Bell. And they said they round the counter, ran the counter play like five times on that drive and then repeatedly throughout that game. They did that with Le'Veon against the Bengals multiple times. You have to – don't let them off the hook. Make them stop it, right? That's what you need to think of with the Steelers with George Pickens because now teams are scared of you. And now Deontay is very open. And now Najee, who was running – the dude, when he runs through the A gap or the B gap, when he runs straight, people are starting to see the value in that guy. He pushed the pile over and over again, 19 carries, 78 yards, something like that. And then Warren is the only other guy on the team who can bust a 50-yard touchdown run. So all those guys benefit from it. There's a swagger and a confidence to the, to the team when it's – I'm never going to call anyone AB, but it's that feeling where like, look at the biggest, baddest, douchiest guy out here. Give him the ball. And so Muth – who cares? We do not care. All right, guys. I am down. I'll let Mike have his moment there. Who cares? It's at 1653 if I read correctly. Muth is designed to have what he had three weeks ago or four weeks ago with the Bengals. Like, hey, when they just let him open, feed him the ball. That's great. But really, your game plan should be about moving George Pickens around in formations because he can catch sl- short, he can catch long, and I'm spending so much time on George Pickens because I truly believe that it changes the entire team when you get him the ball. And I think that we saw what it did. And the swagger, like he makes the second guy miss on the second touchdown and very slyly turns around and points at him in his face while he's running in the end zone. That's Steeler football. I know we've talked about it before. Oh, this is Steeler, but it's supposed to block. He's the best blocker we've had since Juju and Hines. Get the damn guy the ball a couple times. He's not asking for so much. And then he's going to turn us back into the big, bad Steelers. And that's what it felt like playing against those stinky Bengals. And we know that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase come back next year. The other team doesn't matter at all. The Steelers could lose to a paper bag with a piece of crap in it, a.k.a. the Cleveland Browns. They could lose to anybody right now. That was such a big victory, huge for team morale. And that begs the question, do you start Mason or Kenny next week if Kenny's healthy? That was my question to you. I have my answer. Give me your answer first. Go with the hot hand. Why? Because I want to win. I want to I continue the momentum, and I think we have a better chance with Mason in there. Do you think that Mason, who, who did play great, he made some spectacular throws— if we compare his game to Kenny's against the Bengals, I know it was a few weeks ago, where Kenny made this, kind of the same amount of spectacular throws, I believe, you know, especially if Deontay catches, holds the ball through the rest of the catch. It, does Mason give us a better chance to win technically? Do you think it's splitting hairs and then the tie goes to Kenny because he's the first rounder and we need as many games without Canada to see what's up with him as possible? Or do you think, like, 
man, you're almost complicating it. You're kind of comparing two guys who are really similar, and Mason Rudolph just, whether you like it or not, led the team to a an awesome victory. I go with the hot hand. I know it's only one game, but the other thing, and you talked about this yesterday, that Mason just is unafraid in the pocket. Yeah, he just it just feels like he's more comfortable back there, and I know he's had his chance, and but. I still think we have a better chance. And remember, the game plan and the personnel was, was kind of di- Well, maybe not on offense, but the game plan was different for Kenny. Firemuth had 100 yards. I don't know. I think, uh, I, you know, since my opinion doesn't count, I'll just state I would oh, love counts. to see Mason there next week. I, I have flip-flopped a few times. I want to see Mason, too. And for one reason, George Pickens. I swear. He'll get get Pickens the ball. He just got Pickens 200 yards. Yeah, I'm like, we. I need the Steelers to see the forest through the trees. Number one, they have to realize that defense is dead. They don't let you play defense anymore. Defense doesn't matter. Whatever guys you sign, no one cares. You suck. You're one of the worst teams. The Jets have a sweet defense. They lose every game by 30, right? You need to prioritize the offense. The Steelers are not getting a star quarterback. It's not going to happen anytime soon. They're drafting too late. There aren't star quarterbacks like Stafford, Brady, or Rodgers available in free agency. Yes, there's Kirk. Kirk is a very good quarterback. Steelers aren't getting a, a star quarterback with this roster. They set this whole team up, so they draft Kenny. We all hold our breath, and then they start extending people. They extend everybody on defense. They have admitted that we are in the Super Bowl window. There is, you are not, unfortunately, going to be able to get a Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen. It's just you're not going to be eligible because they're not available in free agency and you're not going to draft high enough to get them. And with that in mind, now I've kind of lost my train of thought here. You want Gardner Minshew. Well, I do want Gardner Minshew. But um, you have to do everything you can to optimize the offense. Like Obviously, we know we need to get a coordinator, but connect with the times, man. You're the Steelers. The whole offense has always been about like, well, we got these two sick guys. And then you see what happens underneath. You get stars like Juju Smith-Schuster to, to rise underneath those guys. But I just need them to stop overcomplicating and realize, like, well, until the other team can stop George Pickens, I'm just going to keep giving to the guy who, who scores 80-yard touchdowns over and over again. And I think that that and his swagger and his demeanor and the fact that he was kind of at the epicenter of the team falling apart over the last week – and Mason has proven that he's gotten the ball to him. Kenny, when I've seen him watch, like he's he might Baker Mayfield him. Like when Baker Mayfield didn't throw to Odell and they lost Odell, and Odell was going to get Super Bowl MVP on his next team because Baker just couldn't figure out how to get the ball to guy. Guy was wide ass open, and I would keep him in for that reason. I don't think you learn anything. About, I don't think what happens with Kenny in the next two games affects your offseason quarterback movement. Either way, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to retain Mason Rudolph. I'm trying to bring in a Gardner Minshew or a Jacoby Brissett or some mid-level starter like that, and I'm letting Trubisky go. And whether Kenny throws three picks or three touchdowns in both of the next two games, like, I don't think there's much to analyze there. It'll just make you feel good, right? Which also could be very valuable because I do think Kenny Pickett's better quarterback than Mason Rudolph. I've said over the past few weeks, like, his resume is not as good. And so Mason deserves to start because Kenny's getting this incredible leash and people complain about Tomlin getting a leash. It's like, well, Kenny's got a similar leash too and whatever excuses you want to give him, that Canada, this, that, or whatever. Well, you know, we just saw Mason light it up in his one game without Canada. Kenny lit it up pretty nicely in his one game without Canada. But uh, 
I just am sort of like so trepidatious about the Pickens thing that I would almost leave Mason in just for that. Although, rest assured, the Seahawks will cover George Pickens with two guys next week. That's what we want, though. We want them that we want to see if the rest of the theory comes true, where it's going to open up Deontay and you know maybe Frymouth gets back into the yeah to the mix. Era. Well, and and also the Steelers quarterbacks have to learn like who cares if they're doubling him? You can't just not use him. Throw it. It's it's the NFL. They're not allowed to cover you. So now you just got two guys who aren't allowed to cover you. Like they don't know where he's going. You still throw him the ball. AB got doubled every game. They didn't just go like all right. I guess we'll stop. Like sure, punish them a little bit. But don't get caught into what Kenny Pickett got caught in. He said in one of the games recently where they didn't get George the ball, and it might have been Cincinnati, like, well, you know, they're they're doubling George the whole time, and, you know, that opens it up for other people. Stop. It's the NFL. By the way, college, high school, always. Your best guy, just feed him the ball. You can't let the other team off the hook. Like I said, they're doubling him because they are saying, we're fine with you throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson. Just please do not give it to this guy. And we're going to say, yeah, okay. No, you see Ben, you see Devontae Adams, you see all these players. Tyreek, you don't think teams are doubling Tyreek Hill? Like, it's just too hard to play defense. Do not get off of him. So from that angle, I would just keep what you have right now because the the mood in Pittsburgh was so bad that what they have just regained with this awesome win – I, I wouldn't mess with it, and you have the excuse of saying Kenny's injured. And I think that if you put Kenny and Mason in a training camp battle next year, I think Kenny wins, and I'm fine with that, and I'm cool with that. Because if we're not going to have a great quarterback, like I said, like it's just it's not going to happen until TJ and all these other guys are, are gone and you're drafting high enough where you luck into one. Um, since we're not going to have one, we've always said, like, hey, Kenny could be a, a decent quarterback. It's just, it feels like, oh, well, I guess now we're going to have Andy Dalton. And then Ben Roethlisberger's on the Bengals, says Joe Burrow. And, and Lamar Jackson. And so, like, I guess we'll have a, a Flacco-Dalton type. But if you have a sick team all the way around them, at least the Steelers become more watchable. That's what I'm looking for. All right. If you don't mind, if you don't have any other points, I'd like to end the George Pickens component of our show and just flip to the other side of the ball since sure. the Steelers held the Bengals to 11 points. Here's the most interesting thing here. The obvious, the obvious fact is this. When you get George Pickens the ball... No. When, you're, when the offense is actually... Well, it's look, true. I mean, we... It's, yes, it's it helps true. everything. Look what happens with... Stay on the field Oh, offense. yeah, we do have the best edge-rushing tandem in the league. Holy crap. So, we used to say this in the beginning of the year, like, and Highsmith and, and TJ Watt are unbelievable. But when you're playing the Colts and you suck and you got... Mitch Trubisky throwing off his back foot for no reason and getting 119 total offensive yards, and then the Colts run on 20 consecutive plays. Well, you don't get great Alex Highsmith interceptions and coverage. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt both have a safety interception this year. Like where they look like a safety. Like did he just did he just drop into the middle of the field, 10 yards down the field, and then break on the ball and pick it off? Yup. And they both had beautiful dip around the edge sacks, like sexy sacks. They had hustle sacks. They had everything. They're dominant. Look at what happens when the offense can put up points and get first downs. It's awesome. But I just want to point out a random thing. Miles Jack, his groin must have hurt really bad last year. I think it was Alex because there were a point to this on Twitter because he was so much better and more explosive uh, for the Steelers last night as the seventh string linebacker had to come in off the street. And I think he was like a trade school. 
Chris talking about going to trade school. It's unbelievable to me that a guy can miss like weeks of a season and come back and play, let alone he hasn't played in a year. And he comes in and he's able to get on the field with those guys. And he had um, so one sack, right? Yeah, and he the first play he got in in the game, he missed the tackle, but it was amazing. They snapped the ball, and he shot through off the right side of the line and went to tackle the the running back. And the running back was probably mixing, kind of slipped off of him. But I was like, I did remember seeing that and being disappointed that he missed the tackle, but thinking like, huh, I feel like I didn't really see that last year. Like he he shot right through there yeah. and, and read it perfectly, and so you could see. I think he might have mentioned. That his groin was bothering him. It's not bothering him right now like it did last year. So, you know, you're talking about a linebacker off the street. We're going to have realistic expectations. But they, uh, that was nice to, to kind of we had a lot see of him. We had a lot of guys off the street last night. Four safeties out and three inside linebackers out. It's crazy. Eric Rowe, who I didn't realize until I looked into this. He's a nine-year veteran. The guy with the first interception. Yeah, a nine-year veteran. He's, I didn't realize like, either, actually. This, what is he like? A year young, younger than Patrick Maybe. Peterson? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But they just, you know, it's exciting to see Joey Porter Jr. out there. Yeah. Speaking of corners, Chandon Sullivan, I guess, got back in there, made an impact, and it is what it is. You can't, you can't play with four safeties and three inside linebackers missing, and you know they won in a blowout, and I think uh, you know they have one of the most complete games that you've seen, and you know Presley Harvin, our guy, who look. It feels weird, you know, because he's such a nice guy. Like, truly. He's got to go. Like, yeah. that. there's so many things in this offseason, especially if you're keeping Mike. Look, I, I might be in a small contingent of people who thinks, I don't think Mike is totally done in Pittsburgh. And I don't think it's impossible for him to regain his, his status as a good coach in Pittsburgh. Now, I don't think that's guaranteed. And I think that there's a good chance that he doesn't regain it. But I don't think that that's empirically like impossible for him to get back because of Weidel and Khan, and because they've showed us evidence this year with the way they drafted, not just the players they drafted, but how often they traded and moved, which bucked the Steelers' trends. You know, the Steelers have been kind of heading there. Obviously, they, they traded up for, for Devin Bush. But they changed the way they drafted, and then they made Tomlin fire Canada midseason, as we've stated on the podcast. Tomlin clearly didn't want to do that. He feels like when he fires a coach, it makes it look like he's trying to pass blame off of himself. But they made him do it first time since 1941, since that one Steelers dude fired himself a couple games in the season. I suck. I'm fired. Fired. Go downtown and find me a different coach because I got to fire myself. We suck. Dag nabbit. I don't know what they say in 41, you know. But... Changes that are measurable have been made. There are a few others that I'll give you an example. I'm going to wind my way back to Presley Harvin here because he's one that I'm like, hey, that is one that you can just do. This is an investment. Draft pick. Gets a million lives. Drafting a punter in any round is like a first-round quarterback, right? Like your first-round quarterbacks. Well, we can't give up on you. Mason Rudolph, third round. Like, yeah, we've seen eight starts. We've seen enough. And they're right, by the way. I just, you know, yada, yada. Presley Harvin, drafted. That's our investment. We're going to keep giving him chances. Here's what we found out about, about Presley Harvin. He's the worst punter I've ever seen from his own end zone, which, by the way, comes up quite a bit in the NFL. Didn't get a punt past the 50, right? Yeah. And then he's okay at the 50 punting into the other team's 5, 10-yard line. He's okay. He's been this guy forever. you got to get rid of him because these are empirical, trackable things you can do. 
Also, we have one boy, sweet boy, Pat Mac for show would say. Sweet boy, one sweet boy who used to work for the San Antonio Spurs. He is our analytics department. I don't remember who pointed this out. Might have been P. Butch, might have been Andre. But they point out, well, that's not, that's not a department. That's just a guy. That's an analytics guy. We need to have an analytics department. I didn't say anywhere in that sentence that we need to shift all of our theories to be analytic-based. No, I'm just saying, need, a dep- need three guys. You tell Dan to raise the parking rates by a buck. There's your department. Paid for. Boom. Make it happen. We got it. People will gladly pay it. Art. Yes, Art Jr. And then... Art Jr., sorry. Yeah, rest in peace. Love you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Moment of silence. Beautiful. Another thing that they can do is put a damn guy up in the box for the challenges. You're three, you're seven and 30, which is much better than I thought on challenges. Wait, no. He's nine and 32. He won two last two, night, didn't yeah, he? First time <laughs> Times are two. changing, baby. It's first time since But there's things that you can do to change that. And I don't think, look, Kevin Colbert was on the sidelines yesterday. There was a lot of alumni. Le'Veon Bell was in Pittsburgh. AB was tweeting during the game. It was glorious. I love that Kevin Colbert was there. You know, someone said on, on Twitter, just don't let him make any picks. His last picks are brutal. It's Najee, Kenny, you know, Edmonds. And I guess Claypool with the second round pick when we traded the first one for Minka. But um, those ones, like we said, with Najee, look, he's a really good player. Like Kenny, we're not saying, oh, this is the, what an idiot. How could you do this? Like if you drafted Kenny in the second or third round, I'd be like, huh, intriguing. But no other team... No other person thought that those were worthy first-round picks. Nobody did. The draft told you that. When does the first quarterback get drafted at 20, by the way? And when everyone knows, well, he went to Pitt, so we know who's taking him. All the other quarterbacks get written off. Desmond Ritter, he sucks. Well, there's this respect for Pittsburgh. They say, okay, you can, that's fine. You've drafted him. Matt Canada, no success at any level of football. We get him. Similar to... Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being hired by Bill Belichick to call plays after they've never called plays before. But it's Bill Belichick, it's Patriots, they've run some cachet. Everyone says, this is weird, but we'll respect it. Now, if you don't follow, follow college football, you don't know who Canada was, so you weren't able to rip Tomlin for it. But all those things, Najee, uh, Presley Harvin's still saying there, Canada, Kenny, those are some picks from the Colbert-Tomlin era. And those, to me, are that's the reason why the Steelers are in this position where they are. Because they have a good team. They just have a massive offensive coordinator issue, and they've had a quarterback issue. Because, like I said, I think Kenny can get a lot better with a decent coordinator. I think some Steelers fans need to remember that the job of the offensive coordinator is not to grab the football out of Kenny Pickett's glove and then walk it over and hand it to the receiver, which is, I think, how a lot of Steelers fans think offense works. Like, well, it's a good coordinator. Like, if you're a first-round quarterback, you should be able to drop back and hit some passes. Right now and then, especially when we saw all the open passes that Kenny did not hit over the season. Like, there's no, you guys, there's no more coordinator. We're we're looking at it. In fact, he's looking at it. And he's throwing it. It's not getting there. Okay, so taking all that back, the reason why I think Tomlin could possibly change is Weidel and Kahn, I don't think that they let the organization make those decisions. These sort of emotional, like, Kennedy's a cool guy, recruited my son. Like, I've talked to him. I think that we vibe. You know, Kenny Tomlin raves about his intangibles. 
Now, he doesn't realize that he, he's missing the most important tangible, which is the fact that he has an amygdala and he is afraid and overwhelmed in the pocket very often. But off the field, Kenny's a stud. Great leader. We can't, we can't draft off of that. Arm comes before stud. Size comes before stud. Pocket presence comes. Then we can go to stud. But I'd rather take the douche who throws the ball to our team over and over again and wins games, right? So I don't think Weidel and Khan do that. Najee Harris, there's no way. <laughs> the Eagles, you know, personnel guy and Omar Khan and the new NFL, there's no way you're taking that running back at number 20 with the first round pick when you have no offensive lineman and you're not in a Super Bowl window. So I'm systematically looking at all of the, the biggest issues that the Steelers had. And I think the rest of them, we can crap on my timeline all you want, but like Steelers got a lot of good players. A lot of good people are playing well. You're just not going to give them credit for that. I think it's some of the old school thinking that that really screwed them and put them here. And I'm hoping that these guys can meet with Mike this offseason and everyone can kind of come to a consensus. I know that sounds a little fanboyish, but I feel like that's actually a decent argument. Those are really specific areas where it's like, all right, here's what we got. What do we got to do to move forward? Because love this offseason, paying dividends, the 2023 offseason for the Steelers. Let's see what they do next year. So I don't think it's totally done. I uh, I know we went to the um, trying to go to the defensive side, but like we said, there's you know there's eight backups playing on the defense, and the stars played great, so that's exciting. We do have some. This will be interesting. I mean, the end of the season is is remote as a playoff possibility seems. Fourteen percent. We're still going fourteen percent. We're still going to see something interesting. Who starts at quarterback next week? Whether the Steelers can continue this mantra or this this strategy of emphasizing um, Jorge. And then, yeah. and then we get to see the draft. That'll bear out what will or won't bear out what you're saying. Whether oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna draft conventionally, which means correctly, versus no, we know better than everybody else. We'll take this. Right. Thing. We see something you don't. Yeah. I mean, Pickens. Honestly, that was a that's a stealer for, pick. But it wasn't picking a guy from Pitt. It was picking a guy who had an in, had like a maturity issue, lack of maturity. We and love an, it. And an injury. Yep. The p- other people that. Is a bit of finding, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough. I guess so that's we have done that before. How's you get guys out of Charlotte? I think when we're when Pickens leaves next year, we just look at Toledo and see what their wide receiver core is. That's Deontay Johnson. Yeah. No, Highsmith. You know, very Steeler pick. He's senior bowl star from a small school, just like Javon Hargrave. Like, there's been uh, Deontay Johnson. I can't remember if he went to the senior bowl or not, but Steelers know how to find those senior bowl guys. They're good, they're good at that and. I'm glad that they still are good at that. And I'll tell you this, uh, whether they start Kenny or start Mason, I won't have too much of a problem with either one of it, but I will be watching that Seahawks game on pins and needle from the first snap, very scared that Kenny is not going to prioritize George Pickens. And I know we're joking about it in the podcast because I'm going crazy with it. I, But I'm not joking about how serious I am of like, force feed him the ball. This is the NFL. You suck. You've sucked for five years. You have an unwatchable offense. Look what just happened. It's not just a random 200-yard game from a receiver. There aren't random 200-game yards from 200-yard games from receivers, except for Marcus Wheaton against who? The Seattle Seahawks. The last time the Steelmen played in the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom Stadium, where Ben went off for almost 500 yards, scores a game-winning touchdown, and what do the Steelers do? They give up an 80-yard screen pass to Doug Baldwin to lose the game on the last play. Back when the Killer Bees had no defense at all, and it wasn't a screen; it was a down and out, actually. That was very frustrating, but that's not what's going to happen this week. I am going to be scared if Kenny's in there, 
based on his recent track record, that he's not going to prioritize the George. And I just hope that they get it into his head. Like, we have seen enough of the Deontay Johnson show. I throw a freaking interception. I wanted to say the F word right there so bad, Dad. But I didn't. Didn't. Family friendly here. Throw a pick. Stop throwing for 100 yards. I hate you if you throw for 100 yards. I hate you. Damn it. Damn, damn it. Throw the damn pick. If the, if the price for not turning the ball over is you throw for 105 yards, that is not worth it. Throw the damn pick and throw for 270, right? Like, yeah. it's going to be okay. You know what? When you played last year at the end of the year, you were actually kind of a baller, kind of making some crazy throws on your run to the left to nausea in between two people to win the game against the Ravens. We need that. Nobody needs 105 yards. Guy had four games in a row where it was like, Hey, you got 160, 105, 120, 106. That cannot happen. I think you make a great point. By by touting this non-turnover streak that he has, that's not a good thing. That just might be he's no. playing it safe, right? You're, it's a high it's a high risk, high reward game. You It's Mike it Tomlin not getting it. It's Mike Tomlin. And like the whole playoffs thing, like, who gives a crap? And why do they keep getting boat race in the playoffs? Because Mike Tomlin thinks that it's 2006. I'm like just don't turn it over. We'll win the war of attrition. You will not win the war of attrition versus Lamar Jackson. By the way, we should have lost that first game by 30 points. I don't know if the Steelers are all in denial. Steelers fans like, he hit like four go balls to uncover receivers that just randomly dropped it. Like, you're going to get run out of the gym by Josh. You've, how many times does he need to get run out of the gym by Burrow? Until you understand, we, we picked him off five times and he basically beat us last year in the first year. Like, you, there is, this war of attrition thing is not a thing anymore. But guess what? Joe Burrow doesn't play defense. You know who plays defense for the Bengals? Not a single person who can cover George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Jalen Warren, Najee, Washington, Hayward, and Muth. I don't know if you can feel the passion here at the Steelers Outpost. I certainly can. I'm actually sweating right now. We completed passes. That was sick. We were scoring touchdowns. We were throwing bombs. It we're was back. glorious. It was glorious. And you got the bonus episode today. We went 45 minutes, I think. Hopefully everybody President got to work by the time you finished this. Yeah. Yeah. President Christmas. President All right. Hey, Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Join the conversation. Tell us what you think. Hit us up on X at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.